I don't know how many times I have heard someone say that they're trying to figure out their business name or they're trying to figure out, you know, what they want to do. And they they have all these options and it can be kind of overwhelming during that process, you know, and, and they're just trying to make the right decision, but they're usually, they end up having too many cooks in the kitchen, like too many opinions. And, and there's always that, that person that says, okay, well, I like this name or I like this campaign because it's got to be this way because we've always done it this way. And, and it represents us this way. And there it's like trying to move cement that's already been set. Like you absolutely cannot win against this. And you're going to need an excavator to remove this person. Oh my gosh. Yes. Excavator or jackhammer. (laughs) Yeah. It's so hard. And you get into that situation and like it, it becomes nearly impossible to get to that point of saying like, actually it's really not about you that's everybody's favorite thing to be told oh my gosh yeah no that goes over well all the time um but especially when it comes to marketing is that as you know a business owner or um within a lead in a marketing department or or just someone that's working in the marketing area a salesperson that's getting a little lippy like i don't know yeah there are always these people that become these roadblocks when you're trying to figure out a plan or a campaign and they are going completely against what the audience actually needs or wants. This is Marketing Breakthrough. Whether you've been at it for years in your job, you own your own company, you're crushing the side hustle, or you're just getting started, outside perspective is crucial. I'm Jay. And I'm India. And it's time for a breakthrough experience in your marketing journey. Let's get to it. We are so used to getting what we want and and expecting that. I mean, there's the whole, I would say, disease of entitlement is... Especially in leadership positions. Yeah, and good good leaders are willing to accept the the idea that they might not know everything. Mm-hmm. So somebody in a position where they're understanding that okay, this is not my area of expertise. I do need other people making the decisions on this, or a leader being willing to say, "Yeah, these are all great ideas, but this is the direction that we're going to go and move in that direction." But but we're we're used to having things now having things the way that we want and and i think that culturally we've continued to enable that that culture so we've uh, we've continued to allow that to thrive and if you think of i mean amazon is a, a great example and not that amazon has done anything bad by providing us our shipments quicker but we can get anything that we want immediately and um and in some areas like we're in more of a, I'd call it more of a rural area. Mm-hmm. Um, not highly rural, like not, not the Midwest type rural, but, um, but in our area, I mean, it still takes two, three days to get something, have something arrive. Yeah. We don't have those fancy robot deliveries, unfortunately. No, no, but I was <laughs> talking so to cool. <laughs> somebody in, in August, it was either, either April or August when I was at, um, a networking mastermind event and, and, a gal was telling me that she's like, yeah, I live in Phoenix and sometimes I can get things within an hour. And so anyway, all of that to say, we're used to getting what we want and getting it quickly. And so sometimes we start to 
think about our marketing in terms of what I want, what I need, and it's not about you. Mm -hmm. It's the most important thing to remember. We're getting ready to launch our results marketing intensive. And I use this analogy of you have you have two people, which is the person that is your current client that is giving you money. And then you have your ideal client on the other side. And on one side of the fence, this person that's already giving you money, they're important. They're very important because they're giving you money. They're paying the bills. They're bringing money into the business or the organization. But you've got this ideal client of this person that you're going to be able to reach better or serve better or uh, you're going to be able to attract more of or you're going to be able to uh, charge a higher ticket or you're going to be able to improve your business, improve your offering, all those things. And so you have these two people and so you have to acknowledge the person that you are currently marketing to. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you want to move in the direction of the person that you want to attract long-term. Like start tailoring your strategy towards that ideal person. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I've talked to businesses. One is uh, one in the, the building industry. I was talking to somebody at one point and, and they said, well, I think that we need more of like we need more uh, uh, photos of, of little detail things. We need photos of more things that are, you know, unique and, and stand out, crown molding and, and these things that take a lot of work and look really high end mm-hmm. and, and are really high end. And my response to that was, are you your ideal client? <laughs> and How did that go over, Jay? <laughs> the other person in the room laughed. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't bad. Like, it, it really wasn't because it, it was a, a solid question and it started a different conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to get into a mindset and into a world where you are believing that it's about you. Well, and just I want to touch on that story really fast is recognizing that the reason that those details weren't something that you needed to take photos of is that they were these tiny itty bitty pieces of what they were already selling and it didn't match their branding, especially on social media or their website to focus purely on that individual little piece, because really that piece had to do with the whole. And so, you know, taking picture of a whole room or a whole staged environment, the the point was that like, that's what they were selling, not crown molding specifically. Yeah. And, and I think that this is, it's also a good topic to bring up because it's not bad that this person in the room wasn't the ideal client. Mm -hmm. It's not bad because you grow of a place where you started out and you're passionate about what you're doing. You're passionate about what you're, you're creating and it evolves. And sometimes you develop a different ideal client along the way Mm -hmm. or, the fact that you are not your own ideal client isn't always an issue because sometimes it's actually easier to serve someone who's not exactly like you. Sometimes just like it's easier to be friends at times with people that aren't exactly like you. Like you can have similarities, but the people that you butt heads with the most are usually the people that are just like you. Yeah. Yes. Well, and I, I recognize that there's also like your ideal client. When you're passionate about something, you are focused on it. Like you believe in it and it's amazing. And especially when 
like, let's say you're selling software and you're in, you've got the, the developers and then you've got the salespeople and you've got the marketing team. And I mean, there's way more entities that (laughs) make up a software company, but just focusing on those is your developer who somehow was invited to a marketing meeting or a part of a marketing pitch. And first off, like I see that why you would be allowed in that room, but I also, as a marketer myself, and just especially as a coach, all of me is thinking, well, why are you, why is a developer even in that room? Because that's an important thing as leaders, like you have to be really careful of who you allow in the room to even speak to or have a voice to your campaign strategy. So, but you know, pushing that aside, that was a little side note, (laughs) pushing that aside is that if a developer's in that room and you've got, you know, a salesperson and your marketing person who's pitching, maybe you, you, you say this pitch and it's, you know, it's, it's really good and you believe in it. It has to do with the audience. Like you've done your homework and it's fantastic. But then you've got this developer who says, yeah, that's really great, but you're missing the whole point of like this individual button. And it's such an amazing thing. We've worked really, really hard on this or this little chunk of the software. And people need to know about this because they're so passionate about that part of what they've done and what they've created. Now, if it appeals to the ideal audience or ideal customer. Great. Talk about it. Absolutely. But if it's just a button as part of an app, that's absolutely not necessary to tell your customer. That's part of the experience. It's going to be great. Highlight the experience, but it's so easy to get derailed from your strategy in because the strategy leads to your goals. It gets you that one, three, five, 10 year plan. Right. And so It's easy to forget your strategy if you're focused and almost like too close to the, either the software or whatever it is that you're selling. You're too close to those passions and you're forgetting that it has nothing to do with the people in that room and everything to do with the people who spend money on your product or service. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I love the references of, um, of TV shows and I love watching TV shows because of the the marketing elements and the creative elements and the I mean the entertainment value is one thing but there's a lot of things that I watch just to learn and uh, watching Mythic Quest and Oh my gosh, I love that show. And, and there's <laughs> and if you're not familiar just watch like find the episode with dinner party in it and when when she creates <laughs> dinner party and it's just the idea that that someone has invested so much and they're just holding on to this piece of the puzzle that maybe doesn't need to be there or it's like potentially it could get lost or drown out or it's not really going to add it might take away from but but then sometimes we just like we grit our teeth and we hang on because we've invested so much to this point. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I think that's where a big, a big piece of the equation comes in is, I mean, we're, you know, we deal with that all the time and in co- just conversations of like, yeah, but, uh, but I, I have a reason that I'm standing on this rock. I have a reason that I'm planting my feet here. Mm-hmm. And, and I understand. And it's sometimes it's so hard to let go of those things, but understanding that maybe it's not about you. Oh. Maybe you're not the important piece of this puzzle. 
Absolutely. I, I think that I, when you were saying like standing on that rack, I, it brought me to that perspective of like the psychology behind it and how much we naturally as human beings fear change because we like the sense of control in the environment we're in and we like that we're comfortable. And there's a lot of people out there. I'm one of them that likes to say that I like change. And I, I do because for me taking that step to just let go of whatever's going on right now and then look towards the future, sometimes that's more exciting for me than other people. But recognizing that, that everyone still has to take that step to let go of whatever it is that they're holding on to or the past, or I guess the present, um, sometimes when you're in the middle of it, but truly submitting yourself and your strategy and your goals as a business and your future plan to what is happening in the world, our culture, um, your audience, your customer base, all those things have such huge significance. Like if you don't change, you will get lost and left behind. And I, I mean, we talked when we first started out, I don't know how many people, cause it was years and years ago, how many people weren't on social media at all. And they like, there was a while where, I mean, long, I mean, back when we were in high school, there was people that didn't have a website. They were like, ah, I don't need that, whatever. And then it progressed to, as technology changed, they had a website, but they didn't have a presence on social media. And they were saying, ah, I don't need that at all. And then it progressed to, they have social media presence and they have a website, but they didn't have any video. And so we were talking about that and how like, no, you, if you want to be relevant, if you want to stand out, you need video. And now it's changed into, if you want to stand out and be relevant, you need reels. And th- I mean, there's so many things and it's not just reels, but just that's what's changing right now. There's so many things that are important for us to be willing to stay up to date on and to be willing to change our direction for just so we stay relevant with our customer base. So in the beginning of the episode, we talked a little bit about, about a business name and we talked about that being an element of the equation. So I think, again, it goes back to, it's not always about you. And I think that it should have some significance and it should have some value And, but then there are always going to be outside influences, outside sources that kind of start to, um, basically like fund the database of, of ideas that Mm -hmm. start to, to make deposits into there and you you start gleaning things in from different places and, and grabbing hold of outside ideas and input and, and then sometimes, you know, just past experiences weigh into that. Um, but Inda, do you want to speak more to... Yeah. Naming a company. No, uh, the reason that that came up was actually this week I had someone, uh, again, cause this has happened many times, but it, it just, this week someone had reached out to me and said, Hey, we're looking to name our company. We don't, um, this is kind of the direction that we're going. This is what we're selling. We don't really know what to do. And these are our options. And so they presented two names and one was short and sweet. It was, it didn't specifically say exactly what they were selling. Um, but it was still something that could be, it would look great on Instagram. It would look great on, uh, on their product. It was, um, just really simple. And it was also really relevant and like it would reach a lot of people in mm-hmm. that sense. And then the other name was very heartfelt and it had to do with the beginning of the idea. 
and it, um, it was really long and it also had to do a li- like it was a little bit more of their story. Yeah. And had it, some nostalgia yeah, built in. Yes. Thank you. And yeah, yeah, it definitely. So what I ended up responding with is it definitely wasn't bad. And I think that commonly when we're having these conversations, it's really easy, especially when it's something that you care about. And I'm saying this even for myself It's cause I I've been there. It's easier said than done. Absolutely. And when I care about, naming something or, you know, the beginnings of a new idea, I'm, I, you put so much thought into that and, mm-hmm. and you want it to be perfect and you want to make sure that everybody loves it and you know, yada, yada, yada. It just goes down the list. Right. And what I said was that it's not bad. It's not that either one of them is bad. It's that you have to recognize what does it represent and what does it tell somebody who has no idea who you were. And so what they, what they ended up doing is we were talking about how important it is to think about what is a, what is a logo or what is it, what is a name going to look like when it represents you digitally and on your product and, and how it represents you. But then also, um, making sure that it doesn't take away from your potential audience because of what it could represent to them. The name itself, the long name, it had nothing to do with what it is that they were specifically selling, which again, wasn't necessarily bad, but it also, um, if someone didn't know what they were talking about, then they would think that it had to do with something that was religious and that's not bad at all. But we all know that when you're thinking about those things is that suddenly cuts off a lot of people who don't want to deal with that or don't want to pay into that. And, and it wasn't a bad thing. And it was really hard to find the words, especially as a coach, to make sure that you say, I love what you're doing. I care about it. It's really great. But there are these factors to consider. And so as we were talking, I I just wanted to explain all the potential options. And at the end, my initial reaction was to say, go with your gut. Because I that's something that I say a lot when it comes to our clients is sometimes they will know their ideal customer better than even I will know. And so I give them permission to go with their gut. Right. And I stopped myself though, because I realized that you can't always operate with that mindset. And that's why this whole conversation has come about is that your gut sometimes is wrong because your gut isn't always your ideal audience. Yeah. It's, it's misleading. It's like the whole conversation of, you know, follow, follow your heart. And sometimes your heart is wrong in the same way. Like sometimes your gut is wrong or, um, sometimes you have, sometimes our instincts are just bad, right? Oh yeah. Um, and so we've got to make sure that we're, we're not only following, following the, the instinct, the gut instinct, but we're also following what do I want as a result and going back to that, that one year, that three year, that five year, that 10 year goal of whatever those things are of saying, okay, no, we're, we're absolutely aiming to hit these, these benchmarks. Mm -hmm. And with that in mind, we're pretty sure that A, B and C are going to help us get there a lot easier than, than D, E and F. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, well, I think about how, when we started Washington concept, that was our creative agency at the time. It was, it was an amazing name that we had loved. It was something that you had thought up years prior and it was great, but we found along the way that it, it hindered us with that name because it didn't directly say marketing and we wanted to have something creative and we wanted to figure that out. So when we 
decided to rebrand a while back, it was, okay, what does it look like to change that name? What are we going to do? And we had some options and we brought them to our coach and she ended up saying that they were bad. (laughs) And it was, it was hard to hear at first, especially for me, because I was like, Oh, but we put so much thought into it. I was so behind this name. It was going to be super great. And then fast forward a couple months later, Jay came up with marketing breakthrough. And I was like, yes, that's it. Because I knew the coach would, she was a professional. She was going to say, yes, that's fantastic. It was very clear and straightforward. And it suddenly became something that I knew had to check all those boxes. And there's nothing wrong with recognizing that, yes, you want to check the passionate box because you believe in what you're doing and you care about those things as far as like, whether it's strategy or naming, branding, all those things, you have to check the passionate box. Absolutely. But you also need to not forget about your audience and your ideal customer base long-term, you know, five years from now and making sure that it stays relevant. And when it comes to the passion side of things, you, you need to be passionate to an extent about what you're doing, Mm -hmm. whether you are the business owner or you are the marketing team or you are an outside perspective, a coach giving insight to this, you should be passionate about the people that you're serving. The people that we serve, like I'm very specific and very strategic about, you know, if we're working on a, whether it's uh, the the marketing side of things and we're running things, the done for you side or the done with you or the coaching side. And I'm specific about working with people that I'm, that I can get behind their idea, their product, their service. So you need to be passionate about that to a certain extent. You need to be uh, open to to what you're doing and you need to be open to being willing to find new solutions and new ideas. And, and so when you're talking about the passion, you should be sold for what you're doing. You should be understanding that what you're doing and what you're offering and what you're providing has value, mm-hmm. but it doesn't always have to appeal to you. Mm-hmm. I think, what you can do is you can get to the point where you understand why this marketing, why this information has value to your ideal clients or to your current clients if they're different, but it doesn't have to be your favorite thing in the world. Mm -hmm. You should still be able to argue and advocate for your product and service, but you don't have to want to run out and buy exactly what you have to sell just on the marketing style we'll mm-hmm. say and and again i feel like that's kind of a it's kind of a teeter-totter of information because like on one side it's like be passionate about what you're selling but you also don't have to be passionate about what you're selling and i think that's kind of the it's gray just, area you don't have to be passionate about uh, passionate about how you're selling it because it yeah. doesn't necessarily apply yeah, the product, to you the product is great but mm-hmm. who your marketing is appealing to is that's you know, the person really that's, important? Yeah, the person the person that you're that's giving you the money is more important than you who's providing the service, mm-hmm. and and so it's it's difficult because it's you know we talk you talk about uh, you know the method and you know the method and the message type of thing and you are you've got this this balance of ultimately you've got this this product you've got this service and that's the thing that stays consistent but 
it's the the messaging and the method of how it is communicated and that can change Mm -hmm. and that can shift and you may you may be in business for 10 years and you may go hey we want to do things differently now or we need to do things differently now or our ideal client has shifted and you know we've slowly watched the evolution and now we can say with affirmation that nope it has changed it's different so when we when we start to make things all about us is sometimes where the danger lies mm-hmm. and back to the example as much as i don't love going into it is washington washington concept that started out in we started that in 2013 and we started out as a screen printing company and then we made some there were some evolutions in the business and we went to uh, event planning and we went wedding and event planning and then we did some web design from that and some graphic design projects and then eventually it just grew into a full agency and i didn't want to admit i was making it more about me of i didn't want to admit that the name wasn't great i had already established the name to a certain extent, but never really that well. It, it wasn't really that important, but I had like put my stake in the ground and I had said, no, this is where I'm at. And I didn't want to move. And, and I wanted to basically tell the story to supersede the problems with the name mm. and the idea of like, the whole the whole premise behind it was that everybody has a story. Every brand has a story, and every story starts somewhere. And ours started in Washington. It was just dumb, though. It <laughs> it just didn't. Like I can look back at it, at it now, and I was like, I was fighting so hard for something that a didn't matter, mm-hmm. and b was a really really hard battle to fight and ever win. Because even when I won. Basically, the conversation, like, and not like, not an actual fight, but basically, in conversations with people, it wouldn't end with, "Oh, that makes sense." It would end with, "Oh," and then they would walk <laughs> away. And it's and and so it was never like, "Yeah, well, you know what? You're right." It was okay, whatever, and it was over from there. So anyway, I mean, we all have to start somewhere, and we all learn things along mm-hmm. the way, right? And so again, it wasn't. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have chosen that as a marketing agency name. I had just had that branding from a while back and I loved the logo and I loved the way that everything tied together. And so anyway, I still, I still do enjoy the company, the name and the whole idea behind it, but uh, it needed more than I was able to provide it. And it needed a little bit well, more. Well, the audience kick. needed more. It's like yeah. it, we wanted to grow. We had plans for the future. And so recognizing that we needed to make a change and letting go of that whole perspective was more important. And I think yeah. that's what I mean when I'm, we're talking about like submitting to the needs of your audience or of your ideal customer so that you stay relevant and achieve those goals. Yeah. So what is it that you're holding on to? <laughs> what is it that you have made all about you? Mm. And I really don't say that in a way to pick on you, but more to help you and to hopefully propel you. There's there's an ex- an example of product industry that was selling products and they had a new marketing person come in and they they had a smaller line of products that was being sold and her question was, "Well, why would people care about 
posting pictures of that on social media? Why would people care about these products? Why wouldn't they just come into the store? And that was one of the times when I had to say, it's not about you. It's not, you're not the priority here. It doesn't really matter what you think your audience wants to see this. So getting into the, the deeper understanding of it's not about me. It's about the people that are ultimately giving us money. It's about the people that are coming into the organization. It's about the people that we're serving. And 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 when I say the people that are giving you money, it's more because those are the people that you're serving. Mm-hmm. It's not not because we're we're just focused on the money, but money is a result. I love this this quote and I have no idea who said it, but money is the result of doing what you love well. And so it's it's all about serving people. And so the more people that you're serving in turn, the more money that you're making, hopefully. And <laughs> <laughs> not always. Um, but anyway, hopefully that's the case. And and so that's just a it's just a byproduct of serving people well. So what is it that you're doing and holding on to really tight and maybe too tightly? And what is it that maybe you need to allow for some outside perspective to come into to get some some fresh perspective and to be able to realize, hey, maybe what we've been doing isn't the best thing. Maybe what we're doing could be improved. Uh, maybe we need to work on this, this, and this. Or I don't know. I don't know what it looks like for you because because we all have different stakes in the ground and we're all pretty confident in those stakes, and that's why we put them in the ground. So, anyway, if you have uh, any thoughts. Feel free to reach out to us and check out our website, marketingbreakthrough.co, and uh, feel free to send us an email if you have a question. So J-A-Y or India, um, so J at marketingbreakthrough.co and India, I-N-D-Y-A at marketingbreakthrough.co. Good luck pulling those stakes up out of the ground. Marketing Breakthrough is a resource designed to provide tools, to implement your next breakthrough idea, to access other resources, or to book a coaching one-on-one with India or myself, go to marketingbreakthrough.co.